Hi, and welcome to Tea and the Law of Raspberry Jam with me, Esther Derby, and my pal, Victor Sesson. Say hello, Victor. Hello. Hey, so today we're continuing our series about questions, and we're going to talk about the assumptions that are hiding in plain sight in questions that people ask. What value comes from being aware of your assumptions and other people's assumptions, Esther? Well, for one thing, I can become more aware of my own biases. And when I see my own assumptions, I can either rule them out or ask questions that are more relevant or curiosity-driven than just questions that come out of something that I haven't examined. How about for you? Um, I agree with that one. Another one is when assumptions are explicit, I can start testing them, which challenges my own and other people's assumptions. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I think about is that if I pay attention to other people's assumptions that seem to be evident in their questions and I pay attention to my own, I can gain a better understanding of how people, myself and others, see the world. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, to me, speaks to cognitive empathy and understanding how someone else thinks, as well as understanding more about how I think. So over time, I get a much better understanding of people and myself. So how do you work with becoming aware of your assumptions? Well, I pay attention to the questions I ask and what their relevance is for me. I'm pretty aware that I have a view of how the world works that is not necessarily the only view or an infallible view. But, you know, I am always working out of that view of how I think the world works. And it's useful to be aware of that assumption because it allows for difference, right? It allows for me to test and learn and be aware that other people might be seeing things from a very different point of view. Mm -hmm. I think for myself, there are a few different instances when I think about the assumptions I'm making. One is when I'm exploring a system. So I might ask myself, what are some things I'm being curious about? And write those questions down and then see what are the assumptions I'm making. When I'm working in, for example, a coach team or collaborating with managers and we have a slow pace or a sustainable pace, so we're not jumping to conclusions or running really fast, I found myself and other people asking, what are the assumptions we're making? And that is a different way of becoming aware of your assumptions than what we're going to be talking about today, but I've found that very helpful. Sure. And you bring up working with clients or other people you need to work with in an organization, whether you are an external person or an internal person. The assumptions that people make, to a large extent, determine what is possible and what seems impossible. So I think it's useful to understand assumptions from that standpoint, too. How do you think about identifying assumptions and questions? It's important to do both when you're planning ahead, but also it's a good practice to have when examining what you have asked. Through questions, you change a system. So it also gives you an understanding of how you're changing the system. And you need to be aware of that as a coach or a consultant. I've also learned over time through examining where I am consistently making assumptions. Mm -hmm. Recently with a client, we talked about a certain structure and they were using a certain word and I didn't ask anything about it. And it wasn't until a few days later when they were starting to define the word that I realized, oh, I've made assumptions that this word in this context means exactly the same as the word that it did in another context. Mm. And so then when I became aware of that, I shifted my questions to, can we define what this means to you? In that we also identify differences between people within the same context. 
So through exploration, become more aware of your own repeated or reoccurring biases. Yeah. What about you? Well, I was just thinking about a couple of situations where I became very curious about the assumptions when a question appeared to come out of a place that didn't match my understanding of how software development works. Hmm. Right. So the mismatch of what seemed to be behind the question and how I view how the world works led me to be really curious about it. So I've used this example before, but the client that was having trouble delivering a novel technical product and the question that the managers asked was, why aren't people accountable? And to me, that wasn't the key question to be asking when you're trying to deliver something in a novel technology. So that is what kind of cued me into the fact that there was a whole different set of assumptions. And so I set about examining both my assumptions and their assumptions. So in a question like that, either why aren't people accountable or how can we make people more accountable? What are some of the embedded assumptions behind such a question? Hiding in plain sight that people aren't accountable now and that accountability is the reason that people are not delivering or lack of accountability and that individual will and character will outweigh anything in the system, that the results that they're seeing are independent of the system and really depend on whether people are working hard and being accountable. Okay. Does this mean that anytime someone asks this question, they are making these assumptions? No. They could be making some different assumptions. Those are the ones that stood out to me. So what other set of assumptions might you see in a question like that? Why... Can't we make people more accountable? One assumption I'm thinking about is it's our job to make them accountable. Oh, yeah. And I don't really agree with that. Well, or that the system is set up so that individuals can take some accountability. Yeah. You know, that they can take independent action and deliver on something. This is fun. Let's let's look <laughs> at a few other <laughs> let's look at a few other questions. It's like puzzles. Yeah. So the puzzles of embedded assumptions and questions. Yeah. Let's look at motivation. Uh, one I hear a lot is people aren't motivated. Why aren't they motivated? <laughs> I usually don't have to look very far to find a whole bunch of reasons why people aren't motivated. But there's an assumption there that people aren't sufficiently motivated right now or that we could increase motivation through some set of external actions or even that the behavior we have labeled as the result of low motivation actually is a sign of low motivation. I meet some people who assume that if you aren't being boisterously enthusiastic, you are not motivated. And that's certainly not the case. Another one is, if we only knew why people weren't motivated, we could fix it. <laughs> oh, if you only knew... So now I have to tell a story. You know, I have a million of them. I, I, somebody called me about a team that wasn't motivated, and I asked a few questions. And it turned out that they all officed in a basement with no natural light, and their job was updating regulation pages that nobody appeared to care about. Mm -hmm. No one was eagerly awaiting the outcome of their work. So, I mean, that's why they weren't motivated. But it was initially kind of assumed to be a character flaw. Mm. And that's, I think, a common thread in both of these questions. You know, how can we make people be more accountable and why aren't people more motivated? That both assumes that there's a sort of character flaw, that it's not the result of something systemic or environmental. So what about this one? How can we get our teams to collaborate more? 
it assumes that collaboration is desirable. I mean, I do think so, but it's an assumption. There are situations where collaboration is not necessary, even though it might be desirable. It assumes that you don't differentiate between collaboration and cooperation, because maybe what's necessary is cooperation. It assumes that it's not happening at a level that we are satisfied with right now. It also assumes that you can get them to collaborate through external actions. Are there some other assumptions? Well, there's the assumption that the work is set up in a way that either, and you alluded to this, that either requires collaboration or where collaboration is possible. So if people have individually assigned work and tasks, they may cooperate with other people, but the work isn't set up so that they need actually to collaborate, right? So for work to be collaborative, it needs to be mutually shared goal that requires everybody's skills. So if you have a group of physician's assistants, each of whom is assigned to an individual physician in a medical practice, the physician's assistants probably cooperate with each other. But their work all comes from that specific doctor, so they're not actually collaborating. So there's some assumptions about how the work is set up and whether it's reasonable or even possible to collaborate. What are some other questions you hear that have a bunch of assumptions in them? How do we recruit the best people? The best people! <laughs> it assumes that there is a best people. Yes, and that there is a reliable way to tell who those best people are. And that we should recruit the best people, even if there was a reliable way that hiring them is a good idea. And that they'd want to work for your company. Oh, yeah. And that <laughs> it's a binary state. You're either best or not. And that performance and the results you achieve in your organization are dependent on individual characteristics rather than the system. Mm-hmm. So if you have the best people, you get the best results. Oh, yeah. Well, this is one of the great ironies of the world is the companies who always claim they hire the best and then every year they call the bottom 10% of their best. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of funny and ironic and sad all at the same time. Yeah. Let's take a last one. Well, how about how do we make our teams more agile? What are the assumptions in that one? Hmm. <laughs> This is, the, we picked an easy one. Well, that agility is a universally desirable state. Yeah. The people who may ask a question like this have a definition of what agile is and not. So it assumes a specific, probably, definition of agile. Do you want to add a few points? Again, it assumes that the teams are separate from the system and that teams are the point of control for achieving organizational agility. So there's yeah a lot of assumptions built in that. Okay, let's say that people buy this whole thing that we're talking <laughs> about assumptions because this is a series. The first conversation we had was about intentions and then we talked about structures and now we're talking about assumptions. What are some ways people can become better at discovering their assumptions? I think the first thing you can do is just write down your question and look at the key words in it and say, what has to be true for that to be true? What am I assuming here? So I think you can just start by examining your own questions. So list three questions, write down the assumptions you're making. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds fairly easy. We need to wrap things up. If you would like to learn more or discover the assumptions you're making, some homework you can take with you is to write down two or three questions that you either recently asked or that you're curious about and look at the assumptions you're making behind them. We're going to include this in the show notes, along with the examples we talked about. So if you want to read it rather than listen to it again, just download our show notes. 
And practice noticing assumptions. Yes. And if you do discover some assumptions you've made, please let us know. We'd love to hear. So, obviously, we're making an assumption that asking better questions is a good thing. And that actually plays out in my work and Victor's work. So we have tested that assumption. And you can gain value from becoming more aware of the assumptions that you and other people are making, too. And it will improve your ability to ask relevant questions. It will help you understand your biases and other people's biases. You'll get a better understanding of how other people see the world, which is super important if you want to open up new possibilities for them. And you may learn something you didn't know. So over time, you're going to get better understanding of how people see the world. And when assumptions are explicit, you can challenge them, both your own assumptions and others' assumptions, which will help you be more effective. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's worth the while. And that's it for today. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. Bye.